Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. May the Force be with you. If you're a Star Wars fan, you know exactly what that phrase means. However, there are some mixed up, uninformed people that equate that saying with God, particularly with the third person, the Holy Spirit. And he is not a force. He is a person. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 says this, Hear, O Israel, in other words, listen up. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. We, we aren't polytheistic. We do not believe in more than one God. Uh, and, and when we talk about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're not talking about three different gods. We are talking about one God that exists in three persons. Ask me to explain that, and I would have to say to you, I can't, along with no other human being. It is, it is a wonderful, wonderful mystery. One God existing in three distinct persons. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, there in the what is known as the Great Commission, we are told to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a, a beautiful verse in, in um, 1 Corinthians chapter, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, where there is a kind of a closing greeting. And it says this, 1, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. So there you have uh, the three persons of the of the Godhead, of the triune God. Now, I am uh, not focusing on the triune Godhead in this series, but rather the third person of the triune God, and that is the Holy Spirit. He is misunderstood. He is misunderstood and equated with a force, an it. And he is not an it. He is a person. He is, first and foremost, God of very God. Acts chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, uh, call him God. There in that story, it's the story of Ananias and Sapphira, and they had lied, and, um, and the, the word says, I'm paraphrasing there, verses 3 and 4, they said that you have not lied to men, you have lied to the Spirit, you have lied to God. And so he is called God there. He is uh, the eternal one. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, he is uh, uh, called the, the eternal one. As a matter of fact, it says, says this, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself to God without blemish? And so he is called eternal. He is called uh, omnipresent. That means he is everywhere present in Psalm chapter 139 in verses 7 through 13. Uh, let me just read a, a little bit of, of that where it says in verse, in verse 7, 
Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me. And so, so on and so forth. And so we see here that uh, there's nowhere you can go to escape the spirit of God. This is an an attribute of divinity, of deity, uh, omnipresence, everywhere present. There's nowhere you can go to escape the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. As we think about uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, we further see that as God, He was involved in, in the creation. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. So there you see the Holy Spirit uh, all the way back at the beginning of creation, involved in creation as he uh, moved or hovered over the, over the waters. We continue to see him uh, make his presence known throughout the Old Testament. Uh, he, at times, would come upon leaders um, and and he would uh, be there for to help them in their leadership, uh, and and there are numbers of places that's true in the Old Testament. But I'll just go to to the Book of Numbers, and the Book of Numbers chapter seventeen says, uh, chapter eleven verse seventeen says, "Then I will come down and speak with you there, um, and I will take of the Spirit, capital S, who is upon you, and will put him upon them." And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you will not bear it all alone. And so this is where Moses is being talked to and he's told that he will get some elders and those elders will help him lead. And and, and in verse 24, it says, Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. Also, he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and stationed them around the tent. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and he took of the spirit, again, capital S, who was upon him and placed him upon the 70 elders. And when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but they did not do it again. And so there was a one-time special um, uh, miraculous prophesying from these 70 men uh, to to, uh, um, emphasize the fact, symbolize the fact that the Holy Spirit had come on them for the purpose of helping them in their leadership. But um, Moses said something there in verse 29 that, that is important. He said, but Moses said to him, are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. And so Moses is kind of looking forward to, he's anticipating the time when the Holy Spirit would be upon all people. But that was not so in the Old Testament. He came and he, he uh, upon people for, for leadership. Um, Mo, uh, David in Psalm 51, and this is, uh, this is a familiar passage. If you know anything about the scriptures, this is where Psalm 51 is where David was repenting of his sin, the sin that he committed with Bathsheba. Uh, of adultery and killing her husband. And it's a great prayer of repentance in Psalm 51. But when you look at verse 11, he says, Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Now, some have taken this 
passage and wrongly misinterpreted to, to say that you can lose your salvation and lose the Holy Spirit, but that's not true. The Holy Spirit did not indwell all the Old Testament believers. He came upon uh, uh, men of God, people of God for leadership responsibilities. And here, David is saying, don't take away the anointing of the Holy Spirit uh, that you have given me for leadership. Don't cast me from your presence. Don't uh, cast me from leadership. And don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. So he came upon people in the Old Testament. As we move in the beginning of the New Testament, we see where the Holy Spirit was involved in in the uh, birth uh, of Jesus. Uh, the scriptures tell us in Luke chapter 1, verses 34 and 35, Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? In other words, she had not had uh, relations with a man. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy child should be called the Son of God. And so uh, the Holy Spirit was involved in, in the miraculous uh, birth of Jesus Christ uh, and the miraculous virgin birth. He overshadowed her. She was conceived of the Holy Spirit as the angel told Joseph in a dream there in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. So the Holy Spirit was involved in that and then uh, we go on and we see that the Holy Spirit um, came down and descended on Jesus as he began his public ministry. He was baptized by uh, John the Baptist. And, and the scriptures tell us in Luke chapter 3, verse, verse 22, that the Holy Spirit came. And, and uh, he, he came in the form of a dove and he came on, um, on, on Jesus. And uh, it's interesting there that at Jesus' baptism, you have the Son being baptized. You have a voice from heaven, the Father, saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You have the Holy Spirit descending in the form of a dove and, and resting on Jesus. And then, if you go over one chapter to chapter 4 of Luke, you'll see that it says, verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan, was led around by the Spirit into the wilderness. And so here we see Jesus full of the Holy Spirit and being led by the Spirit. And that was true throughout His entire earthly ministry. But then let's fast forward to the time when Jesus was ascending back to the Father. And just before He did, He promised his disciples, that he would send the Holy Spirit when he, when he ascended back and after he ascended back and he would send another, another, and that word there, another, in John 14, 16 is, means literally another of the same kind. In other words, uh, um, Jesus was God and is God. He would send another who is God, the Holy Spirit. He would send him to be with us. And then on the day of Pentecost, as promised, uh, the Holy Spirit came, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and following to indwell believers. In Acts chapter 8, uh, verses 14 to 17, He came to indwell outside. Those were Jewish believers there in chapter 2 of Acts. But in chapter 8, He came to indwell for the first time the Samaritans, those that were, that were mixed of a mixed race, a Jewish race. And then in chapter 10, verses 44 to 48, he came for the first time to the Gentiles, and it was affirmed by uh, the gift of speaking in tongues. And so each of those were the first 
time that the Holy Spirit would come in and dwell a particular group of people and it would be validated by signs. And so you have to understand that that is not where, that it does not say, teach a second work of grace. It does not teach that you get saved and then you get the Holy Spirit. There, there are other verses that, uh, that uh, dispute that fact. This is a historical record of the initial coming of the Holy Spirit as Jesus sent him uh, in those various stages to the Jews, then to the Samaritans, then to the Gentiles, uh, and he came to dwell believers. Let me just finish by saying that the Holy Spirit inspired the Scriptures. These scriptures that we study are inspired by the Holy Spirit. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All scripture is, is, is inspired by God, is breathed out of the mouth of God. And 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says that holy men of old wrote these scriptures as they were borne along by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one author of all of the scriptures, Genesis all the way through Revelation, all 66 books. God used, yes, he used human instruments. He used human men in their own words with their own personalities and backgrounds to write the word, but it was ultimately inspired. It was ultimately authored by the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, when we want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, we read the scriptures and allow him to open our minds. We're going to talk a lot more about that on the next couple of podcasts as we talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But today I wanted us just to to be introduced to Him, to see that He is God of very God, the third person of the triune Godhead, that He is a person, that He is not a force. And so, may the force be with you is is, uh, fun when you're watching Star Wars, but it is not true about the Spirit of God. He is a person who works and and lives in us, and He is God, a very God. Well, look forward to talking more about the Holy Spirit and His ministry and seeing what the Scriptures say on the next podcast. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.